This program is made possible by the members and donors to the show. If you'd like to support the work we do, get ad-free episodes and members-only bonus content, please check out the Contribute tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Young Turks, The Majority Report, The Jimmy Dore Show, The David Pakman Show, All In with Chris Hayes, and The Colbert Report. Now, today's episode is a little bit different than our average episodes each year around this time. In, in the spirit of the holiday, I like to take part in a fun annual tradition I think a lot of people enjoy, which is, of course, the War on Christmas. And i got to be straight with you, the War on Christmas has been going on. Uh, it's going really well. It's been going for a long time, and we've had a bit of a setback this year. It's been a little overshadowed by other events. And so this year, I thought what I would do is try to rally the troops and do a retrospective to see how we got to where we are as well as taking a look forward. So uh, there is definitely new content in this episode addressing the state of the war on Christmas at this moment. But before we get to that, I want to go back and see where we've been, see all the progress we've made. The supporters of Christmas have been on the defense for a long time, going going back at least a decade or more. So this first clip from the Young Turks is, is only from back in 2010, but back in 2010, they were making clips of how the war was going so far up to that point. So that's where we'll start, and we'll move on from there. So Fox News, of course, is legendary. Uh, uh war on Christmas uh, that they have uh, alleged is happening throughout the country. In fact, I actually went back and checked out uh, one of their first clips in 2006 about it, and O'Reilly was largely joking, and he kept saying, am I being dumb about this? And his guests were basically saying, yeah, even Michelle Malkin wasn't really playing along. But what's interesting is, since then, in the uh, four years afterwards, uh, they've gotten serious about it. They must have gotten good audience reaction from it, being the actors that they are. They're like, oh, yeah, well, I meant the war on Christmas is totally real. And I can't believe people would say happy holidays. We've got a little compilation for you guys of O'Reilly on the warpath about this over the last four years. He's gotten more and more angry about it as the years went by. Secular progressives, which are driving this movement, okay, don't want Christmas. They don't want it as a federal holiday. They don't want any message of spirituality or Judeo-Christian tradition because that stands in the way of gay marriage, legalized drugs, euthanasia. I think the backlash against stores that don't say Merry Christmas is enormous. Every company in America should be on its knees thanking Jesus for being born. We now don't call it the Christmas break. It's the winter break, as if people worship winter. The other thing is, I don't believe most people who aren't Christian are offended by the words Merry Christmas. I think those people are nuts. I think you're crazy if you're offended by the words Merry, Merry Christmas. Well, then Season's put, greetings and happy holidays, Bill, does not offend Christians. Yes, it does. Uh, absolutely does. Um, and I know that for a fact. He knows it for a fact. The words happy holidays are outrageous. They offend all Christians. It must be Merry Christmas. So it's interesting that one of our uh, viewers, let me give him credit, Michael DeSantis, went on the Fox News Channel website and found a Fox News shop. And guess what they were selling? And guess what they were saying? Let's look. And there's a screen grab from there until they maybe change it one day, although I think they've done this in the past as well. There it is. Happy holidays. That is outrageous. How dare they? Do you know how many uh, Christians are offended in this country when you say happy holidays? And look at that. There's Glenn Beck here. 
There's Sean Hannity gear. There's snow on there. Snow is outrageous. It's not part of the Christian part of Christmas. What happened is Fox News Channel's own website, own gear, where they're making money. How dare they say happy holidays? You know what? O'Reilly's not done. This compilation that we're showing you, by the way, interestingly enough, put together by John Kim. Jonathan Kim when he was at Brave New Films. Here's some more. Business community says we don't want to offend anybody. So we're not going to say Merry Christmas. We're going to say Happy Holidays, all right? That offends millions of Christians, see? I think those people are nuts. You know, business is business. It, it's out to make a profit, and it doesn't want to alienate potential customers. Yeah, but uh, you know that's so it, dopey. Uh, Father, so you don't buy the, the take that they're trying to be inclusive with the companies being, that have that position on, on This is insulting to Christian America. This is insulting to Christian America. I can't believe how Fox News would insult all these Christians. How dare they? I'm sure that uh, this will be in tomorrow's Talking Points memo for Bill O'Reilly about how his own station has grossly offended all these Christian Americans. What a moron Bill O'Reilly is. Now, to introduce this next clip, there's one thing you need to know, which is that if there's one soldier in the war on Christmas who deserves praise and recognition beyond all others, it is without a doubt Sam Cedar from the Majority Report. Now, in the early days of the war, he was a foot soldier like any other, but he has been absolutely dogged and tireless in his pursuit, ex executing the war on Christmas. And although he has risen through the ranks over the years, he still remembers his early days and as you're about to hear, he, he sees the value in looking back to those days and replaying file footage of his own trench warfare days and using it to inspire new recruits to the fold. So let's hear Sam introduce the clip hearkening back to some of the earliest days in the war. As we count down Christmas every year, we like to remember that time that uh, I got to go on CNN and really in many respects, and I know this is sort of un-Christmas-like of me, but I mocked a guy from the Concerned Women for America over the war on Christmas. Now, as a big war on Christmas warrior, um, sad to say I don't take it probably as seriously as I should. Uh, maybe that's why, frankly, we're losing in the war on Christmas. Christmas still seems to exist and be prevalent, and people still seem to celebrate it. But uh, we'll keep, keep fighting. Uh, we are in the trenches every day. But uh, this is from 2005 on CNN. Somehow they invited me on, and I got to say this. And I should also add, too, uh, it worked out so well because they wanted to start with the guy from Concerned America, Women from America, but his microphone was screwed up. So they had to start with me. And you'll see by the time it got to this guy, he had a bit of a hole to dig himself out of. And uh, I was very proud that I could actually dig that hole that he fell into. 
All right, here it is. Well, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, a Christmas tree or a holiday tree? Which should it be? Depends on whom you ask. We've seen controversy, most notably prompted by the White House. It sent out cards, this card, matter of fact, wishing a holiday season of hope and happiness. No mention of Christmas. Some thoughts now on the subject. Sam Teeter hosts the show Majority Report on Air America Radio. Bob Knight is the director of the Culture and Family Institute. It's affiliated with the Christian conservative organization Concerned Women for America. Gentlemen, great to have you with me. Thank Thanks for having us on. All right, well, let's start with the holiday card. What do you think, Sam? Well, uh, listen, you know, as far as the war on Christmas goes, I feel like we should be waging a war on Christmas. I mean, I believe that Christmas, it's, it's, it's almost proven that uh, Christmas has uh, nuclear weapons, can be a, an imminent threat to this country, that um, they have operative ties with terrorists, and I believe that we should sacrifice thousands of American lives uh, in pursuit of this war on Christmas. And uh, hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer money. Well, Sam, is it a war on Christmas, a war on Christians, a war on po over political correctness, or just a lot of people with way too much time on their hands? Well, I would say probably, if I was to be serious about it, too much time on their hands. But I'd like to get back to the operational ties between Santa Claus and Al-Qaeda. <laughs> I don't think that exists. Bob? Well, uh, we have <laughs> intelligence. Out here. We have intelligence. You, we have, intelligence you have intel. Things. And where yeah. exactly does your intel come from? Well, we have tortured an elf, and that's, uh, it's actually how we got the same information from Al-Labi. It's exactly the same way the Bush administration got this uh, info uh, about the operational ties between Al-Qaeda and Saddam. Okay, Bob Knight, uh, Sam is, is tying in now the lack of information regarding weapons of mass destruction and yeah. somehow moving that into Santa Claus. Uh, help me out here. What's going on? I mean, is, is this a, a war on Christians, a war on Christmas? Is this too much political correctness? Yeah, that, well, it was very, first I want to compliment him on his, on his dry humor, but uh, this is actually a very serious subject because a lot of people are waking up to realize that the war on Christmas is really uh, the culmination of a war on faith and the idea that the public square has to be cleansed of any religious expression, particularly Christian religious expression. You know, at one time, Happy Holidays was a welcome addition to Merry Christmas, so you wouldn't say the same thing over and over again. But a lot of people now see it as a substitute, and it's very gratuitous at times. And it's actually insulting when you're talking about Christmas Day or a Christmas tree, and you can't bring yourself to use the word for fear of offending someone. Uh, in the name of diversity, we're a less free country when that happens. It's interesting, Sam, because, I mean, this is a time where I... If anything, we want to be even more sensitive to diversity, considering everything that's happening with regard to war on terror. We're learning so much more about different religions, different ethnicities, and trying to become more of one versus uh, being segregated. Yeah, well, Kara, I mean, listen, I would like Bob to tell me who is the person who has been offended by uh, someone saying Merry Christmas to them. I've never met that person. I don't celebrate Christmas, but if someone says Merry Christmas to me uh, and I either think, well, it's a little bit odd. It's like me saying happy birthday to you on my birthday. But, uh, you know, no one cares. But I'll tell you this. As no, we care. wage the war on the war on the war on the war on Christmas on our radio show, News Corp, Fox News, those people who have started this uh, entire uh, uh, war on Christmas meme, fake war, they're having a holiday party. President Bush saying happy holidays, Tokyo Rose, Laura Bush, saying happy holidays to her dogs in the video. I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, these are the things that we should be talking about when we are waging this war in Iraq. We should be equating it to the war on Christmas. What else would Bob Knight have an opportunity to do? 
How else would he get on television if he wasn't I, pretending to be attacked? You know, this would be funny, except it is serious to a lot of people who have seen their faith cleansed from the public square systematically. Well, are you suggesting, Bob, that someone can't celebrate Christmas in America? I mean, I'm tell me about, about the person who can, can escape I these get a word in here. Go uh, ahead, Bob. Go I'm, ahead, Bob. I'm talking about things like in Ridgeway, Wisconsin, where the school children in the public school were told they couldn't sing Silent Night. They, so they substituted O Cold Night. You know, I think when you take Jesus out of anything, it gets pretty cold, uh, so it's apt. But it's outrageous. They had children actually singing a bastardized version of Silent Night. Well, Bob, uh, you see, this Christmas may come to shock you, Bob. Holiday trees. But, but I don't consider Jesus the Messiah. And so if you're going to ask me to praise Jesus, I'm going to be a little offended. Well, I'm Now, gonna... I don't think the singing of the song... You can find other songs to sing. So what about Silent Night? So, so what? So because you're offended, none of those other kids can celebrate the great heritage of Christmas I'm not the one who said they couldn't music. do that. No, I'm not the See, one who said that. you're a Grinch, But you're trying to That's force. You are. Why are you trying to force conversions on people? Let me ask you guys. Let me, let me, yes, you are singing sir. a Christmas carol. Absolutely. Let, let me ask. Let me ask huh. you guys about the pressure that's been put on on stores. For example, uh, American Family Association called for the boycott of Target stores the weekend after Thanksgiving, accusing the chain of banning the phrase "Merry Christmas" from its stores, a charge that Target denies. Pressure from conservative groups uh, look like it has an impact here. Complaints from the Catholic League. Walmart agreed to create a Christmas page on its website rather than a holiday page, and then made. Macy's, which is, you know, perhaps uh, more closely associated with Christmas than any other retailer, sent activists a letter touting its use of Merry Christmas in ads and store windows after it was the target of a small-scale boycott last year. I mean, this is pretty amazing, all these boycotts of pressuring all these stores, these businesses, Bob. Well, these businesses are taking millions and millions of dollars in from Christians in particular and others who celebrate Christmas, giving gifts uh, in the name of the Christmas season, and yet they're so worried about offending people like my opponent here that they don't want to mention the word Christmas. People Bob, are sick and tired. It's the holiday time. I'm not your opponent. Uh, but well, I yeah, do agree with Bob. Yeah, you are. I do agree with Bob that I think what should happen is companies should calculate how much money they're getting from people who are celebrating Christmas and provide exactly that much amount of Merry Christmas because that is exactly how I would want any type of religious holiday to be celebrated. Would we, you know, be, I, would we be I having the same argument about Hanukkah? In, I'm curious. What, would we have the same uh, would, argument about Hanukkah? Hanukkah is not the same as Christmas. It's not a major holiday for one thing. And, and this is the Christmas season. No. That's why billions of dollars are really being spent. It's Christmas. Well, it's also the winter solstice for a minute. Too. I don't know, Bob. People just might so argue that, that, that Hanukkah is just as big as Christmas. Well, no, just, I, I mean, no, I would I have to agree with Jewish. Bob. I, I would have to agree with Bob on that. None of them okay. says Hanukkah is as big no, as No, Hanukkah Christmas. is not a high holiday. Our high no, holidays are Rosh Hashanah and Yom right. Kippur, which I'm sure Bob is been, has been protesting why there aren't uh, more Yom Kippur sales or uh, Rosh Hashanah sales. Well, uh, I mean, why shouldn't they be, right, Bob? Well, if that was associated with that holiday, then maybe I would join you, but uh, it never has been. Bob, so have you ever protested issue. Martin Luther King what? Day not being celebrated? I mean, do you resent when people don't say, Happy Martin Luther King Day a month out in advance. You know what? Look, let's, let's put let's, this in perspective. Put it, let me be, and, and Bob, I want you to be able to respond. But what's interesting, okay. the CNA USA Today Gallup poll, uh, the question was, is it okay for people to say Merry Christmas? 88% said yes. 11% yeah. said no. Yeah, well, 96% of Americans celebrate Christmas. Uh, so why would we care about the, so what's the offending war, the 4% that get offended by it? Uh, yeah, I don't I mean, know anybody who'd be offended well, by someone wishing someone a Merry Christmas. Why do Christmas. we care? Why are we making all the changes, Bob? I mean, we do. Yeah, Bob, Bob, where's the war? 
Where's Where the are the war? battle lines? I mean, you can tell the me that Silent Night I'll can't be found in one school in Wisconsin. That's and just one example. That's not the totality. Well, so don't. But well, what is the totality? Man. The totality is eighty. You brought it up. The totality is eighty-eight percent of the American population has no problem with it. You don't care about the people who don't celebrate Christmas. Fine, but I don't celebrate Christmas, and I don't care. So why are we wasting everybody's time? It's so I, that you can fundraise. That's why, Bob. I'd like and to I put think this you know in that's perspective. Bob, I gotta let you have the final final thought, Bob. Okay. You know when the Nazis moved into Austria in nineteen thirty-six. Oh, that is offensive, Bob. They immediately to raise Nazis Christmas from the schools. Uh, that is read a, about it. Hold, hold, on, on, let, let Bob, hold on, Sam. Let Bob make his point. Let Bob, let Bob make so his point. Go ahead, Bob. Okay. Maria Trapp wrote the story of the Trapp Singers. That's uh, in the Sound of Music. And she said she sent her kids to school after the Nazis took over, and they came home and said, Mama, we can't say the word Christmas anymore. It's now winter holiday. I think that ought to uh, disturb people Kira, that we're moving offensive. toward that kind of attitude in this country. The Puritans also outlawed Christmas. The founding fathers of this country would fine you in, in Massachusetts if you celebrated Christmas at the beginning. So don't talk about Nazis, Bob. I what? think that's really inappropate. Why well, do you have to bring to hate to this Christmas and holiday season? Frost. That's so sad, Bob. Well, it's the so truth. Sad. You ought to read the book yourself. Well, Bob, it's just sad that you have to raise Nazis when you're talking about Christmas and the holiday season. And we all know that Christmas actually, uh, Tannenbaum, it's a German holiday. It, Bob, I, I'm really, really disappointed in, in you. In, oh, I'm in, sorry to disappoint you, but if you're, if you can't understand uh, the, the uh, force of history, to bring I'm, up I'm Nazis, Bob. Oh, who are you calling a Nazi? Gentlemen, who are you calling a Nazi? We gotta let it there. I'm not. We could probably continue. You are, sir. Sam Cedar. I'm offended. Air America Radio. Bob Knight, Director of Culture and Family Institute. Gentlemen, obviously, hey, it's a discussion. Everyone's talking about it. That is for sure. Or a lot of people are talking about it, I should say. Now I'm just curious. Do I say Merry Christmas? Happy Holidays? Happy Hanukkah? Well, I'd like to say Merry Christmas. Don't cut and run from the war on Christmas. Crosses and Christmas lights, credit card debts and brand new bikes. The holidays are here and we're still at war. The rabbi reads from the testament. The banker gazes at the year's investment. Salvation Santa solicits for the poor. Deception of democracy, the philanderings of faux foreign policy. The holidays are here and we're still at war. Smoggy skies and fixed elections and justice strikes from all directions. People with their backs against the floor. Looking for someone to set us free. King with fists like Muhammad Ali, the holidays are here and we're still at war. At this point in the story, we jump ahead to the year 2013, which was a turning point in the war on Christmas. As you've been hearing, Bill O'Reilly has been holding down the opposition forces in the war almost single-handedly, and you will hear more from him from the year 2013 in just a moment. But this is the year when what is referred to as the surge in the War on Christmas arrives in the in the form of backup from the likes of Megyn Kelly and Sarah Palin. So let's have that unfold for you now. The prophets of oppression grow like never before. 
So they're still pretending to fight the pretend war on Christmas. Uh, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, let's listen to him. He's going to talk about the, gen- the, the genesis of his his fight to protect Christmas from the people who are at war with it. Ready here? Hi, I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks for watching us tonight. The war on Christmas centralizes. That is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. Well, over the years, we've taken on the role of protecting the federal holiday of Christmas. As you know, there are some Americans who are offended by any reference to Jesus Christ. And that's what the USA celebrates on December 25th, the birth of the baby Jesus. President Grant's the baby Jesus, as opposed to the birth of the middle-aged Jesus. <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> the baby Jesus. Okay. Signed the holiday into law after Congress passed legislation in 1870, acknowledging the country's Judeo-Christian tradition. Yes. Which involves slavery, by the way. Which involves slavery, the Judeo-Christian tradition. And by the by the way, so it wasn't of Christmas wasn't an official holiday in America until barely over a hundred years ago. It wasn't even an official holiday. So that's kind of interesting, right? You think about it. I thought Jesus was yes, born I in think, America. Uh, <laughs> if you look back <laughs> the Mormons in, uh, the eighteen eighteen hundreds, uh uh, in the early part of the 1800s, uh, people were much less depressed during December. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't the holidays, sure. Right. Well, and so, <laughs> Americans officially got the day off from work. Now, everything was swell up until about 10 years ago when creeping secularism and pressure groups like the ACLU began attacking the Christmas holiday. They demanded, demanded the word Christmas be removed from advertising and public displays and many people caved into that. Okay, not that's not true. Uh, ACLU never demanded Christmas be removed from advertising. Advertisers did that because they are trying to sell products to more than just Christians. That's why. That's uh, okay. <laughs> the ACLU never said a private company couldn't mm-hmm. use Christmas. Mm-hmm. So they go on. To, so this is uh, this is he's, he's he's in it to so win. Now it. we have the happy holidays <laughs> syndrome. What is interesting this year is that Hanukkah will be over on Thursday. So there are no more holidays between then and Christmas Day. New Year's Eve. It's just Christmas if you want to invoke. New Year's Eve would come after. <laughs> come after. He said, well, as you say happy holidays to me, it's, yeah, it's it, part of it. To me, New Year's is part of when you say happy holidays. Yes, absolutely. Yes. He's pretending like it just meant Hanukkah. Right. Or it means right. all that. The Kwanzaa, the Hanukkah, right. the whole deal. Right. That's the, the winter solstice. The Wiccans, right. whatever they celebrate, everybody celebrates something. There's oh, stuff that we don't happy. even know what it is. Yeah. I think his point, too, is now that Hanukkah is over, uh, Jews stop being Jewish. I think, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Aggressives. The absurdity of the situation was brilliantly parodied today in the Mallard Fillmore cartoon strip by our pal Bruce Tinsley. The following Christmas special actually mentions Christianity. Viewer discretion is advised. Wow. So, wow. A right-wing comic strip. Wow. A right-wing. How many of those are there? Wow. 
See, because comedy's always best when you're punching upward, and right. right wingers can't do that. Right? They can't punch upward, and they can't even when they do, they can't do it in an honest way. Snide is this, not funny. This whole pretending that somehow Christians are an oppressed minority—that mm-hmm. somehow Christmas is getting the uh, the boot <laughs> in America—it's <laughs> on the run. This it's on the run. Th- it's, it's, this is a comic strip. This whole mm-hmm. thing is—it's co- fun. I'm, but don't get me wrong. I'm glad he does it. It's so, but he barely. Can muster the energy anymore though after 10 you can just say oh here we go all right here we go and then there's macy's a company that i generally like because it supports wounded warriors but this year they're touting santa claus who will help you quote with your holiday wish list so here and you know what's funny was when they started this a couple years ago uh, somebody actually went to the fox news website and found out that they had all their holiday gifts also at the <laughs> fox news website so this is all just made up fake phony outrage but it works it must work it must keep working right because and thank god he's there to protect christmas frank because if he didn't who knows where christmas would be i mean i think he's also secretly been protecting football because uh, how, he's protecting things that don't need protection. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, what else is he going to protect? Beer and strip clubs? You don't need to the protect. The Pentagon. Yeah, let's protect the Pentagon. Make sure that people. So that's Bill's. Uh... But we all know people that take that position about saying Merry Christmas. Yes. You know, I have a couple friends that really kind of stick their chin out when they say Merry Christmas. Yeah, they like saying Merry Christmas in people's faces. You yes, know? like it's really and that's in my the friend spirit. Todd, that's my friend Todd Glass used to say, that's like calling everybody Bob. You know, no, my name's Jim. Yeah, I know, but I don't care. I like to call you Bob. <laughs> I like I like it. I like that name. Mm-hmm. So that's what that is. Oh, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Oh, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. And I promised him that I Serving till I die, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Secret meeting in Washington, D.C. Oh, it, it might have something That's to what... do with a certain holiday that we may or may not be trying to destroy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. I get you can take our pensions and destroy the well-being of America's workers, but we will kill Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, I know Michael sometimes jokes about the war on Christmas, but we take it pretty seriously here. One of the ways that we were hoping to undermine Christmas was, of course, to create and sow some type of confusion as to the racial identity of icons of Christmas. Of course, I'm talking about both Jesus and Santa Claus. (laughs) And where do we get to the reindeer? But that's for another time. Unfortunately, Megyn Kelly at Fox News and some Fox uh, moron contributors have found us out. Kids, you should avert your eyes or your ears. Move on, because I want to get to this other topic. So in Slate, they have a piece uh, on .com, Santa Claus should not be a white man anymore. And when I saw this headline, I kind of laughed, and I said, oh, this is so ridiculous. Yet another person claiming it's racist to have a white Santa, you know? And by the way, for all you kids watching at home, Santa just is white, but this person is just arguing that, that maybe we should, we should also have a black Santa. But, you know, Santa is what he is, and just so you know, we're just debating this because someone wrote about it, kids. 
First off, do the people at Fox News think that, like, four-year-olds who believe in Santa Claus as being a real human being watch their news program? Uh, Mom, if you could uh, warm up a milk bottle for me, that would be great. I'm going to want to catch Hannity. Uh, look at the real what's deal. Going on with Obungle Care. Yeah, I want to know the real all, deal on spending. Second of all, if you are a parent and you're allowing your four or five or six year old or seven year old, I guess theoretically an eight year old could believe in Santa, maybe nine or ten, to watch Fox News. Social services should be knocking on your door. Continue. Okay, I wanted to get that straight. But Jedediah, when yeah. I read the piece, the author seems to have, you know, she's African-American, and she yeah. seems to have real pain at having grown up with this image of a white Santa, and she speaks about it kind of honestly, saying, I, I didn't really understand why yeah. that had to be. Yeah, she wants Santa to be inclusive. And I had the same reaction. Initially, I was thinking, oh, this is more politically correct nonsense. This is hypersensitivity in our culture. And then you read the piece and you really walk through the steps with her. I think it's a tribute to her writing. And you realize if you were a young kid and you were African-American and your Santa Claus was white, it would affect you when you went to school. Maybe you wouldn't feel that you were part of that tradition. Now, she suggests that a penguin should be Santa. Okay, and that's where she goes off the rails. Well, okay, I pause, think that's... Pause it, pause it. Now... What's interesting about this is this is obviously sort of like their contrarian person on the Fox panel is that, uh, you know, I thought it was one of these politically correct things. And then I actually read what the piece was. That dynamic plays out every day in the conservative mind, except for the part where they actually read it and try and understand the perspective. But here's where Megyn uh, Kelly goes off, because if you're going to have a penguin, you can't do that. Santa's real. Go kind of interesting, though, to have an animal, which is something that kids love, sort of brings that cartoonish component into it. And I think that makes all kids kind of feel welcome in the process. So I see no, where she was going with that. No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't <laughs> make so all wrong. kids feel. Hey, I like it penguins. Feels, it makes all, all birds feel welcome. Uh, um, kids Monica, like penguins. You know, but I, okay, so that so I've given her name is Aisha Harris. I've given her her, you know, her due on where she was going with it. But just because it makes you feel uncomfortable doesn't mean it has to change. You know, I mean, Jesus was a white man, too. But, you, you know, it's like Positive. we have he was. A you know, what's really funny about this is, in fact, no, Jesus was not almost certainly not a white man. And apparently because the Romans, uh, because when they were going up in there and they were trying to convert people. Paul was heading to, uh, the, you know, had his moment on Damascus or whatever road to Damascus. Through the ages, we got to make Jesus white. How else can we get the white world to sign on to it? So actually, I guess it can change to make people feel more comfortable. Historical figure. I mean, that's a verifiable fact, as is Santa. I just want right. the kids watching to know that. Yes. But my point is, how do you just revise it, you know, in the middle of the legacy of the story and change Santa from white to black? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't. You can't. You just can't, folks. Well, you know what? I got news for you. In my house, guess what color Santa is from now on? It's black. I just did it. Don't you dare tell me. That the fat white man with the white beard who gets in a sleigh and travels all over the world reaching billions of people with reindeer, flying reindeer and elves who uh, packed his, his sack of toys. Don't tell me 
that he's black. Actually, what a work of fiction I will that say is. This. I will say this. Yeah, exactly. I will say this: that um, it's it's obvious that Santa's white because if he was black, he would probably be pulled over so many times uh, just by by you know by the time he got he would never get past the West Coast. He would never get past L.A. Uh, because he pulled over so many times. Where's a where's a black guy gonna find San- Santa's a black fox segment? I don't want this guy coming to my house. Why do I gotta have him in my house? Over the weekend, of course, with Black Friday, we had uh, kind of a question mark about whether Sarah Palin's new book about the war on Christmas would do well. Turns out that the book has flopped, and I can't lie, that I am very pleased by. Freakout Nation wrote that half-term governor Sarah Palin uh, and her new book completely bombed on Black Friday. The book is called Good Tidings and Great Joy, Protecting the Heart of Christmas. It was outsold by uh, so many other books. Palin's book was number 641 on Amazon when I look. Now, of course, of all the books on Amazon, 641 is still not nothing, right? A lot of independent publishers would love to break the top thousand. But when you think about who Sarah Palin is, and when you think about that this was a book produced in a serious manner by a real publisher, certainly ghostwritten, because I can't imagine Sarah Palin can write much at all, uh, it's amazing, Lewis, that it actually did this poorly. Yeah, uh, you would think with all her publicity, it would do a little better and with all her, her cult-like followers. But uh, hey, this is great, right? People aren't reading that that piece of crap. I dug into the numbers a little bit, Lewis, and I found that even within the category of Christian books and even specifically within the category of Christmas Christian books, it's only number five and it was outsold by the book Finding Christmas, Stories of Startling Joy and Perfect Peace. This is a good thing. And listen to what it says in Palin in the description of the book. At a time when Christian values are challenged, when the greeting Merry Christmas has been replaced by the supposedly less offensive Happy Holidays, Governor Sarah Palin makes the case for bringing back the freedom to express the religious spirit of the season. Wow, Lewis, that sounds compelling. And by the way, the the term holiday for all of the, um, I don't know, soldiers in the war for Christmas, for all of their complaints about happy holidays, as Neil deGrasse Tyson recently tweeted, holiday comes from holy day. It is, you know, it's if you look at the etymology of the word, it is still a religious statement, Lewis, to say happy holiday. You're saying happy holy day. It is still a religious illusion. 
Right. I guess you're just referencing all the holy days that occur around that time. So, yeah. Yeah, of course, still religious. Maybe what's the right thing to say? Happy season's greetings or Se- season's greetings. Yeah. And uh, have a good end of the traditional uh, end of year vacation day period. I hope it goes well or, or something like that. I don't know. How about just, uh, I don't know, ducky December or something like that? I, I think that's the, the, the best thing is something like have a great new year and uh, good celebrations if you're celebrating anything or something like that. You know, that, that's a li- that's a little long winded. <laughs> you can't say that to everybody. No, I don't know. Uh, uh, happy winter solstice. Who knows? Of course, if you're in the southern hemisphere, it's not the winter solstice around Christmas. Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, how about just have a nice day? All right. The, um, the <laughs> thank you, Lewis. That's not bad. Of course, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about in particular. Yes, I know that it's Christmas. It's very special to you. But there are other winter holidays. I'm just including them too. But it's all about you. There is no I want to just briefly go over this piece by Daniel Denver in Politico from the other day. As um, as you know, we here at the Majority Report have been longtime warriors on the war on the war on Christmas. And it's apropos of something that Digby wrote, um, and we're going to talk about it, but you should know that while... Bill O'Reilly says that he's only been at this war on Christmas for 10 years. And back in the day, I think John Gibson wrote a book about it. Uh, He was another Fox host. Um, One of the stupidest ones I think they've ever had, frankly, which I know says a lot. Uh, And, of course, that mantle's been taken up by such luminaries as Sarah Palin and Sean Hannity and Glenn Beck and the... American Family Association. Gretchen Carlson. And Gretchen Carlson. Don't forget her. Of course, yes. They're all warriors fighting the war on Christmas. Daniel Denver points out that this is nothing new. Back in the 1920s, Henry Ford published a Newsweekly. And in one of those, he wrote, last Christmas, or I should say it was, uh, this was a, um, this was uh, actually from the International Jew, the world's foremost problem that was, I guess, written up in that uh, uh, weekly. Henry Ford, no great fan of the Jews. Quote, last Christmas, now we're talking about the 1920s now, last Christmas, most people had a hard time finding Christmas cards that indicated in any way that Christmas commemorated someone's birth. People sometimes ask why three million Jews can control the affairs of a hundred million Americans in the same way that 10 Jewish students can abolish the mention of Christmas and Easter out of schools containing 3,000 pupils. Yes, folks, the first 
shots in the war on Christmas could heard over almost a century ago in this country. In 1959, it was the far-right John Birch Society that published a pamphlet alerting the nation to an assault on Christmas. Back in the uh, 50s, there was no word for war. It was just assault in the uh, war on Christmas. Carried out by, quote, UN fanatics. What they now want to put over on the American people is simply this. Department stores throughout the country are to utilize UN symbols and emblems as Christmas decorations. So you should know <laughs> there is there is nothing new, ladies and gentlemen, particularly when you're talking about regressive right-wingers. The food was great, the tree plugged in, the meal had gone without a hitch till Timmy turned to Ember and said, is it true that you're a witch? His mom jumped up and said the pies are burning And she hit the kitchen And it was Jane who spoke She said it's true the cousin's not a Christian But we love trees, we love the snow The friends we have, the world we share And you find magic from your God And we find magic everywhere So the Christians and the pagans sat together at the table Finding faith and common ground The best that they were raised Where does magic come from? I think magic's in the learning Cause now when Christians sit with pagans Only pumpkin pies are burning We jump ahead again now to the year 2015, and although it may have seemed as though the forces of Christmas were gaining momentum in their fight, it is at this moment when the clouds break and the corporate juggernaut of Starbucks joins the fray on the side of the war against Christmas. It was an amazing moment. New energy was breathed into the war, and it was at that time that it actually caught the attention of Congress, who took action and weighed in themselves, raising the stakes even higher. We thought our father's sons and brothers saw his own son tug his sleeves saying, can I be a pagan? Dad said, we'll discuss it when they leave. Christians who apparently have the most perfect lives and have nothing else to be concerned about are worried about Starbucks's recent holiday cups and how they don't celebrate Christmas enough. <laughs> Man, I want to live that life. <laughs> I want to live that life where everything is so peachy that you're concerned about Starbucks holiday cups. Anyway, those are the cups in question. How dare they? I can't believe they would do this to Christmas. They're worried Wait, that the cups do? are too minimalist. And, you know, previous <laughs> cups had things like snowflakes and reindeer on them. Which is much more respectful of Jesus. They, by the way, Starbucks holiday cups never endorsed one particular religion over another. And by the way, Christmas colors are green and red. So I don't know what they're upset about. Okay, so you're probably wondering who's complaining like, there's no way that someone actually complained about this, but you're wrong. One person by the name of Andrea Williams, who, by the way, lives in the UK, she says this is a denial of historical reality and the great Christian heritage behind the American dream that has so benefited Starbucks. This also denies the hope of Jesus Christ and his story so powerfully at this time of the year. Uh, uh, they denied the hope of Jesus Christ by not putting snowflakes on the cup and and other things that they've put on in the past, like snowmen. Jesus lived in the Middle East. There were no snowmen. I, I don't, let alone flying reindeers. How stupid are you? But beyond the stupidity of it, let's just think about how weak you feel your religion is. That you need the endorsement of a Starbucks latte cup. It's pathetic.
No, but the, you know why? Look, this group is called Christian Concern that she's uh, apparently a part of. She writes in at Breitbart, which is an insane right-wing uh, rag. Uh, and so, but the, the, you know what they're like? They're like the fundamentalist Muslims. Like, mm -hmm. oh, do not draw the Prophet Muhammad. His feelings will be hurt. He's dead. But anyway, his feelings are going to be hurt, and hence my feelings are going to be hurt. Dude, if, if you have the almighty Allah on your side, what do you care who what anybody draws? And if that's true for the offensive drawing uh, uh, picture, Allah's going to torture him forever anyway in hell. What do you care? So don't worry. Starbucks without the snowflakes, you're going to hell. There's if more. you believe that, then why would you care? I know. There's right? more. I love, I love all of this. So this is a dude on Twitter. He's responding to the Breitbart article, which, by the way, Breitbart, really, you have nothing better to write about. You're going to write about the war on Christmas. Who are you, O'Reilly? My of Christmas mentality, if a store won't promote Christmas regarding Starbucks, I'm not spending my hard-earned money there. Well, good, good. Don't spend your money there, you loser. And then finally, this is my favorite one. Former pastor uh, Joshua Furstein claimed in a viral Facebook video that he had, quote, pranked Starbucks by simply telling them his name was Merry Christmas, thus forcing the surely unimpressed barista to write the words Merry Christmas on the cup. You are pathetic. No, that's so funny. The barista is not part of the war on Christmas. He or she doesn't care. You're not pranking them. They're like, okay, dude, whatever. You want to call yourself Merry Christmas? Have at it, host. They're very likely Christian. They don't care. They're not planning a war against you. But my favorite is the two tweets in response, actually. Zach Hunt tweeted in, if your way of pranking Starbucks involves buying a cup of their coffee... I'm pretty sure the joke's on you. <laughs> I love it. And Ron Burr says, if you need the coffee chain to be your ambassador of Christ, you need to re-examine your relationship with God. For real. That's <laughs> okay. crazy. No, no. That, and finally, that's the uh, piece of projection that we talk about with conservatives all the time. What do they say about the left? They say, oh, they love to be the victims. Just pick yourself up by the bootstraps and stop looking for... People that are going to give you stuff, right? Yeah. Why do you need Starbucks to tell you Merry Christmas or to put a cross on their coffee cup? Why don't you pick yourself up by the bootstraps and have a great Christmas on your own, right? The reason is you love being the victim. Folks, the battle is on in the war on Christmas. And, you know, as part of that, of course, we have posted the um, one of my favorite appearances on television on CNN uh, probably a decade ago now when in the early stages when there was just we just had military advisors uh, embedded in the war on Christmas and were secretly bombing uh, parts of the North Pole. And, um, you know, we had uh, special ops uh, infiltrating phase one. Yeah. Teams of elves 
uh, at that time. Um, but uh, and we have that on our uh, YouTube channel. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, not the invasion, not the full on invasion of the war and the war on Christmas. The a group of House Republicans have fired the latest shot in the war on Christmas. Representative Doug Lamborn from Colorado has introduced uh, a resolution. <laughs> and I, I just, uh, one of these guys going to buck up and actually just force us all to celebrate Christmas. The resolution apparently is like one of those um, sense of the house reg- resolutions that would quote, say that the um, U.S. Congress recognize that the symbols and traditions of Christmas should be protected for use by those who celebrate Christmas. Now, we all know that those symbols and traditions are being threatened at their very core. You may not be able to go into your favorite department store and have the greeter there say, Merry Christmas. They may just say, Happy Holidays, or Can I get you a cart? The resolution goes on to say that the U.S. House of Representatives strongly disapproves of attempts to ban references to Christmas and expresses support for the use of these symbols and traditions by, like I say, those who celebrate Christmas. I don't know where this banning reference to Christmas happens other than in my household, ladies and gentlemen. And in a 15-foot radius of where I walk. If you enter into my personal space, the one of the first things I do at this time of year is demand a fealty to the banning of all Christmas symbols and references. So if I get somebody who, let's say, says, Merry Christmas, I'll go up to them and I'll get into their grill and I'll be like, no. Not to me, buddy. I see like a bunch of like bodega guys. Well, fuck you, man. Whatever. Right. And no. And if I, <laughs> but if I walk by somebody and I hear like a little kid talking to his mom saying, this is what I want for Christmas. And it's within my circle of influence. I will go up to the kid and go knock it off. <laughs> it's awkward. And I'll tell you something. I know the right has made a big issue about Starbucks taking the snowflakes off their coffees and just having red. But if I see someone walking around with a coffee cup that is Christmas themed, I just go right up. I smack it out of their hands. And there's a certain percentage of times where that will scald them. It's war. But it's war. Freedom isn't free. Freedom is not free. Now, I will be fair enough to go say, like, after I scald them with that coffee, I will say, freedom is not free. And if you if you want another cup of coffee, I'm willing to pay for it. It's just going to be in my own Hanukkah-themed cup right? that I carry around. Bunch of menorahs. You, ske- you don't just sketch it on with them? No, no. I, have, I, walk around, I walk around this time of season with three different sizes of cups. I got a 12-ounce, a 16-ounce, a 20-ounce cup. Uh, Hanukkah-themed. I have the Mecca line. 
That's <laughs> there all, you go. Oh, mosques and minarets so, online. But good for the House Republicans because if they weren't waging this war, who would I be waging this war against? It's nothing more sad than watching a lonely warrior on the battlefield just shadow fighting himself. He's a soldier in a desert and he aches in every bone. She's a sailor on a tanker and she sometimes feels alone. They are fighting fearsome battles in a country far away. He's a soldier, she's a sailor in a war on Christmas Day. Which brings us to today, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Things are not looking good. Uh, you are about to hear the forces of Trumpism declare victory in the war on Christmas. And I want today's episode to be a reminder that we have been in dark places before. And we may be down, but we are not out. And we will be back to fight another day. Then it lifts and floats away. He is walking, she is running in warm Christmas day. The good news is, though, according to Corey Lewandowski, is that finally... And I was just saying the other day that when they're in control of government, you start to hear more about things like the culture war and uh, stupid things like war on Christmas. Well, uh, here is uh, Corin Lewandowski uh, trying to make me look good. And in the meantime, also showing he doesn't know how to do math. 80,000 jobs with this, uh, the soft bank uh, deal that he made and announced at Trump Tower today. We saw that, plus we saw just last week, 1,100 jobs saved in Indiana. Those are hardworking Americans who are going to be able to keep their jobs here and have a great Christmas where it's okay to say Merry Christmas again. Look, Donald Trump in the first four weeks of his presidency has done more to help this country than I think Barack Obama has done the last four years. Now, I know that's a strong statement, but what we see is a commitment to our military, again, a commitment to our businesses to reduce the amount of government regulations so that they can continue to grow and grow our economy. Not at 1%, not at 2%, but at 4%, 5%. 50,000 jobs in a month is only about 165,000 shy uh, that were created last month under the Obama administration. Uh, Let me correct Corin Lewandowski on two things. One, turns out it was 700 jobs uh, that uh, were saved in Carrier, not 1,100. It's nitpicky. I guess. Uh, and 300 of thing, which were already set to stay. Yes. And on on top of that, um, it's not safe to say uh, Merry Christmas because we're still out here. And we're going to stop you. We haven't gone anywhere. The war continues. We're not going to say uh, Merry Christmas. And I hope uh, that... Uh, Sam, may I just say... Happy holidays. Yes. Happy holidays, Corey Lewandowski. Particularly this year when we put Hanukkah right on the same day as your Xmas. I can't wait. Sam, last year you said that when you see people with Christmas uh, themed coffee cups, you just smack them right out of their hands. Are you going to do that again? Of course. Great. Of course. 
It's disgusting. It's tradition. You come at me with a snowman cup. Gorilla tactics. Smacked out of your hand. It's that time of year again, eggnog, mistletoe, colorful decorations, and the wild conspiracy theory known as the war on Christmas. If you're unfamiliar, and I suspect you're not, it's a liberal plot to ban the sacred Christian holiday, and it's worse than you thought. But tonight, good news. Reports are coming in that victory has been achieved in the war on Christmas. Last night, Donald Trump, confidant and former campaign manager Corey Lewandowski, brought us the good word. Those are hardworking Americans who are going to be able to keep their jobs here and have a great Christmas where it's okay to say Merry Christmas again. A great Christmas, which you can say again, Merry Christmas, because Donald Trump is now the president. You can say it again. It's okay to say it's not a pejorative (laughs) word anymore. Two things to note. One, that guy will probably have a job in the White House soon. And two, this is actually something that President-elect Trump peddled during the campaign, that it was not okay to say Merry Christmas under President Obama. Everyone was forced to say Happy Holidays instead. Could this be true? We went into the all-in video vault to find the evidence of Obama's eight-year-long war on Christmas. We looked into it to see if we could find evidence of the president personally waging this war. A warning, you may find this video Christmassy. Have a very Merry Christmas. We want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. A very, very Merry Christmas and a holiday filled with joy. I want to wish every American a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Mele Kaliki Maka, everybody. Mahalo. I really like Christmas. It's sentimental, I know. But I just really like it. I am hardly religious. I'd rather break bread with Dawkins than Desmond Tutu, to be honest. And yes, I have all of the usual objections to consumerism, to the commercialization of an ancient religion, to the westernization of a dead Palestinian press ganged into selling PlayStations and beer. But I still really like it. I really appreciate that Chris Hayes put together that montage because it, it helps us remember what a good job President Obama did playing that role. You know, because as we know, of course, he's a Christmas hating black power Muslim, 
but he never could have done as much damage to traditional American values as he did without being able to really convincingly pretend to share in all those values. So I thought that was a great way to sort of round out the summation of the war on Christmas and Obama's legacy and the part he played in that war. Now, to round out the show entirely, this last clip is a reminder of what we're fighting for. It's absolutely imperative that we get Jesus out of the public square and we get him out of Christmas entirely. And there is no one better than Stephen Colbert from The Colbert Report back in 2010 to remind us of exactly why we need to do that. And yes, I have all of the usual objections to the miseducation of children who in tax-exempt institutions are taught to externalize blame and to feel ashamed and to judge things as plain right or wrong. But I quite like the songs. Just seems to me that the Democrats don't get Christmas. Another example, Congressman Jim McDermott, who used the baby Jesus to push his pro-poor people agenda. Jim? This is Christmas time. We talk about good Samaritans. We talk about the poor, the little baby Jesus in the cradle and all this stuff. And then we say to the unemployed, we won't give you a check to feed your family. That's simply wrong. Of course it's wrong. We shouldn't be talking to them at all. (laughs) They've got unemployment cooties. And I am not the only one upset by McDermott's flagrant injection of charity into the Christmas season. So is Papa Bear Bill O'Reilly. In his weekly column, he wrote, Every fair-minded person should support government safety nets for people who need assistance through no fault of their own. But guys like McDermott don't make distinctions like that. For them, the baby Jesus wants us to provide, no matter what the circumstance. But being a Christian... I know that while Jesus promoted charity at the highest level, he was not (laughs) self-destructive. Good point, Bill. Jesus said we only have to love those who deserve it. (laughs) And what I like best about Bill's argument is its complete factual inaccuracy. (laughs) Because it would be inconvenient to guys like us to repeat what Jesus actually said. For instance, if someone wants your coat, give them your cloak as well. Rich people should sell all their possessions and give the money to the poor. Plus, the fact is, Jesus was way beyond self-destructive. He was self-sacrificial. I mean, the guy is God. He could have floated off that cross like Chris Angel Mind Freak. (laughs) And I love, I love how Bill closes with, the Lord helps those who help themselves. Kind of implying that Jesus said that when it was actually Ben Franklin who I believe belched out that proverb between mouthfuls of French whore. But as much as much as I'm a fan of Bill's willfully ignorant, borderline heretical self-justification, I got to tip my hat to Bernie Goldberg, who came on the factor to call Jesus like he sees us. Jim? As a matter of fact, you know, Jesus probably would be, except for one or two issues, a liberal Democrat if he were around today. Yes. Jesus was a liberal Democrat. It's right there in his name. Jesus H. Christ. That H clearly stands for Hussein. (laughs) Plus, 
Jesus is always flapping his gums about the poor, but not once did he call for tax cuts for the wealthiest 2% of Romans, even though they create all the good slave jobs. And don't forget, Jesus hung out with tax collectors and prostitutes, and no good conservative would be caught dead with tax collectors. What frightens me, what frightens me really, what really frightens me about this is now we know we got a liberal Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. He's basically Yahweh's Joe Biden. Anything happens to the big guy, we can end up with a socialist deity redistributing my loaves and fishes. Well, it hurts me to say this, folks, but if Jesus really is a liberal, it's time to get the Christ out of Christmas. Now, listen, 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 you know me, you know me. I'm no fan of the term Xmas or X anything. I make my kids play Christbox 360. And if they break a bone, they get Christ rays. But it is time to take baby Jesus out of the manger. Replace him with something that's easier to swallow. How about a honey-baked ham? Because if this is going to be a Christian nation that doesn't help the poor, Either we've got to pretend that Jesus was just as selfish as we are, or we've got to acknowledge that he commanded us to love the poor and serve the needy without condition, and then admit that we just don't want to do it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks to the volunteers who helped gather clips to make this show possible. Thanks to Amanda Hoffman for all of her work on our social media outlets and activism segments. And thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you'd like to leave a comment, question, or detailed explanation of something to be played on the show, simply record a message at 202-999-3991. Just last note today, I think the activism portion of today's show goes without saying, get a friend, a neighbor, a loved one, and get yourself down to the War on Christmas recruiting office in your town. We need your help now more than ever. We're going to rebuild, and we're going to come back, and we're going to take the fight to Trump and his cronies next year. So be part of that. Uh, Secondly, this is the last new episode of the year. Uh, Every year I take a nice long break for a week and a half or so between Christmas and New Year. So I will be back after the new year. In the meantime, I'm going to find a couple of excellent reruns for you. So don't go anywhere. We're going to come back. We're going to hit the ground running in early January. So that is going to be it for today and for the year. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to those who support the show by becoming a member or making one-time donations, as that is absolutely how the program survives. Of course, everyone can support the show just by telling everyone you know about it and leaving glowing reviews in iTunes and Stitcher. Help us in our mission to aggregate and amplify the best progressive media by joining up with us on Facebook and Twitter and sharing all of the great content we're putting out there. And for details on the show itself, including links to all of the sources and music used in this and every Every episode, all that information can always be found in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from inside the Beltway and outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast coming to you every Tuesday and Friday, thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com.